Welcome to Inside Track, a conversation with New York's leading property management executives. I'm Paula Chin with Habitat Magazine, and my guest today is Margaret McAdams, Director of Management at Bookbinder and Warren. Welcome, Margaret. Thank you. When you're performing repairs on your building and need access to your neighbor's property, boards need what's known as a licensing or access agreement. But lately, those have become the bane of co-op and condo boards because neighbors aren't being neighborly and the problem seems to be getting worse. Margaret, one of your buildings ran into this nightmare recently. Can you tell us about it? Sure. It's a very hot topic because many buildings are doing FISP, Local Law 11, which requires the given building to put protection on a neighboring building, particularly if it's a lower, uh, if it's a building of lower height or if it's a courtyard that will be impacted. And we had a FISP project all lined up, contractors selected, AIA contracts signed, last year, and the board and management thought that we would get through a fairly easy access agreement or license agreement with one of the neighboring properties. And unfortunately, no pun intended, we hit a brick wall and we, the building had a very good attorney on the case. And this board did know some residents of the neighboring building. And unfortunately, the neighbor and the neighbor's council just repeatedly kept pushing back on every aspect of the license agreement, which was a customary document. There was nothing unusual in it. And our building's board got to the point of having to be very generous and giving in to financial demands and other things that the neighboring building was asking. But it was a very, very rocky road, an unfortunate rocky road at each step of had there been bad blood between these buildings? Was there a history behind this? That's a good question. And we did ask that of the board and the current board members could not recall any issues with that other building. Because what I often say when doing access agreements is what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And most of the time you try to do a reciprocal access agreement because it's just a matter of time till your neighbor meets you if your neighbor is subject to this. But this was a new cast of characters on both sides. And unfortunately, it was, it was, it was just a chemistry that, that did not allow for any moment. So you mentioned that, of course, there were delays in starting the project. How long were the delays and what were the consequences for the co-op? The consequences, unfortunately, were very, very significant because the work was not able to start last year and we were not able to capture the 2022 construction season. So the contractor who was selected is a very reputable contractor. It does tons of FISP around New York City. And unfortunately, it came to the point in December of 2022 where the contractor had to say to us, look, I know I signed this AIA contract, but costs have skyrocketed in construction, meaning labor, you know, supplies, materials, all of that sort of thing. So he had to come to us and the board and say, I can't do it for the contracted price. And and he did demonstrate and show his records and his books and his materials invoices. And the board really had no choice. So it resulted in a 20% higher cost because it started over a year later. 
and presumably the board was also paying fines to the Department of Buildings because they were missing deadlines? Absolutely. They are they they were paying that monthly fine to the DOB for not getting their FISP done on time and paying exorbitant amount of money in this access agreement each month. And so it's cost the building a great deal. Can you give us any sense of the numbers involved, Margaret? Um, if the project originally, it was a big project to start with, which is why it needed so much protection on the surrounding buildings. Um, the, the starting price was at about uh, 400000 and I'm just talking AIA. I'm not talking soft costs. Um, and it was, so it ended up being 20% more than that. And of course, additional architectural fees because you've got more of the architect's hourly time and attention as you're sort of starting up again. And how much were they paying in fines? A DOB fine is approximately 1500 a month for, you know, not filing on time. I'd have to check my specific records to see where they fell in that, but they have been paying the fine. But they just started. They just mobilized last month. So fingers crossed. You know, that's another really great, great question. Um, I'm old enough in this business to remember that in the old days, if someone had to put up a sidewalk shed or have their contractors go onto the neighboring contract's property, I literally remember when a superintendent would just walk next door to say to the other superintendent, hey, I got guys coming. And that's how it used to be. It was pretty much a handshake. And then I remember that it involved it to providing a certificate of insurance, uh, your contractor's certificate of insurance, naming the neighboring building as additional insurance. And that satisfied people for a very long time. But unfortunately, certain laws changed over the recent years, I would say in the last five years. And this became an industry into itself where owners had owners can't stop you from stretching a sidewalk bridge onto their sidewalk, but it, but they may protest and claim that they're losing light and air on their lower floors by virtue of your sidewalk. So sometimes neighbors will do something reciprocal to just, you know, take care of each other to a, a lesser amount than, than one would imagine. But when you're putting materials and that sort of thing on someone else's property, they have a right. They have a right to challenge it in the way of making sure that everything is installed properly and making the building who's performing the work ultimately responsible for any impact or financial damage or repair to the neighboring property. And the other thing is the DOB's security measures and safety measures have, have become greatly enhanced and every property manager knows this. Whereas maybe five, 10 years ago, if you had to put protection on a neighbor, maybe it didn't have to be quite as detailed as it's required now for safety. And as we all know, the DOB safety rules have become greatly embellished, which is a good thing, but it's costing more. So that refers to the liability factor that boards are now facing. What about insurance? Does that play a role here? Sure. Well, as we all know, the, the uh, real estate property insurance uh, premiums and in market have skyrocketed in the last few years, also connected to uh, the umbrella policy market drying up. But contractors now have to have greater and greater levels of insurance because of New York State labor law. And that the costs of that are, are felt by everybody. 
So when you have to name multiple parties and enhance your coverage to higher amounts, the contractor has to bear that cost. And of course, it gets spread on to the property owner, to the insurer, if they factor it into their costs. In terms of protecting yourself from these roadblocks the next time you have to do work and get a licensing agreement, you mentioned negotiating reciprocal agreements. Can you explain that a bit? Sure. Um, that's very popular and lawyers like it too, because it's sort of one-stop shopping. As I said, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If you've got buildings adjacent to each other or neighboring buildings, and they will each be subject to FISP, Local Law 11, every five years, if you're doing your FISP on a certain cycle and you've got to get access to your neighbor's property, it's likely that they may need the same gift from you within their FISC cycle. So that sort of levels the playing field so that one can't be extraordinarily greedy over the other. So it's, you know, you'll say, okay, reciprocal agreement, when you're each doing your FISC, you pay each other $1,000 a month. It, it sort of levels it. And it's nice when that can happen. Sometimes it can't happen. If you are a building seven stories or more that's doing FISC and you've got a townhouse next to you, that's a whole other headache because the townhouse owner never has to do this. The townhouse owner rarely has to put protection on your building. So, and those, those are not, you know, real estate management companies. Those are individual owners. And, and that's a whole subset. If you talk to any property manager of a headache. And I would imagine that negotiating a reciprocal agreement is a good idea because say you have a sort of handshake deal, but as I think you mentioned in this case, boards change. Exactly. Boards change, chemistry changes, personalities change. You know, we live in this kind of digital distanced world. I think buildings need to start becoming friendly with each other again. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, know your neighboring board, get, get friendly with them, have that connection. So when this problem does come up, I've seen it work in buildings where neighboring boards are friendly and know each other socially you know, that then it's not so hard. I was going to ask you what the final takeaway here is, but I think you've already addressed it. Is there any um, final point you want to make that, that boards should know? Uh, yeah, I think advanced planning is critical because what I do see time and time again is boards are mystified as to why negotiating the access agreements also called license agreements, takes so long. And it can, I gave an extreme example where it took a year, but in many cases, it can take three, four, five, six months because it's a lot of negotiating and back and forth between lawyers for both sides, architects for both sides, insurance companies for both sides. So plan in advance. If you've got a FISP project coming up, even in the planning stage, even before you float the RFPs, ask your architect, do I need to put protection on the neighboring building? And if the answer is yes, start that dialogue with the neighbor right away because it can take a very, very long time. Well, Margaret, that is great advice. Thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure to be here. Thank you.